Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Eat, Pray, Thought Podcast. I am your so I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, aka the number one thigh ally, aka the undisputed bussy champion, aka top five bussy dead or alive, aka bussy on Labasia, aka don't worry, this bus is here with you. Um, AKA I am the creative director for the no dick glow. Um, a lot of people are getting dick. I have been getting more, but still nonetheless, I've come from a long, a long, I have a long period without dick. So I'm still overall creative directing for how to have a glow even without dick. Uh, welcome. To- <laughs> Amber, don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Welcome to episode 316 entitled Health, Health, Help, Happiness, and Bussy. Once again, episode 316 entitled Health, Help, Happiness, and Bussy. Now I'm going to introduce my my little chocolate bunny herself. (laughs) Oh man, I wish I knew to sue. I knew to say. Hey y'all, what's up? It's your girl Amber, aka Emo Black Girl, aka Antidepressants, aka Fluoxetina Knowles, aka Oh, uh, you know I always be forgetting my AKAs, aka Tisha Campbell T's, I'm still here, aka Creative Director of Depressed Ho Aesthetics, a.k.a. That's it today. Okay. So, normally how we do it is we um, talk about our week, but we did two episodes this week today. So I can I talk about you, you, what, you still, I, I thought we could do something different. What you want to talk about? I don't know. I was just going to come up with something. <laughs> All right, we're right. here. All right. Um, what you been listening to, Amber? Ooh, what have I been listening See, to? This is good. This is good. Um, I have been listening to. Um, I just started listening to Moses Sumney's Gray album. Okay. Um, I was obsessed with a romanticism. Like I thought that was just like you the are. most beautiful piece of work ever. Um, I don't love this one as much as I love a romanticism, but it's still giving me what i need um and i was listening to doja cat a lot uh i've been listening to ari lennox's uh cream playlist a lot um that's it okay that's all i've been listening to okay i I haven't really been listening to a lot of music lately sometimes i don't listen to music like that anymore i don't feel like i i used to i don't think i do that anymore I don't know why. What you been listening to? Um, so here's the thing. I like Moses Sumney. F- the person. Physically. 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 Beautiful man. Beautiful. <laughs> Great gowns. Beautiful. Can't say that I've gotten into the music so much. Okay. Um, I've tried though. Okay. Um, like his voice, just don't necessarily. You don't, you don't vibe with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, I've been listening to... I, so I fought against it for a long time, but I haven't listened to a lot of Snow Allegra. Um, <laughs> I fight. I don't like. I don't know. I want to listen to black people who make R and B. Yeah, yeah. That was my fight against it for a long time, but I just gave in. Um, and it's really good. Um, yesterday I listened to Ari Lennox's album again. Okay. Just like I listened to it all the way through, and I was like, wow. 
Um, I always love the Ari Lennox album, but I you know, know but me. I, <laughs> but like, I, you know how I am. Like, Amber knows me because like I'll listen to two or three songs off an album, and I will literally tell you that the album is great because of two or three songs. Because those are the three songs that have touched me, <laughs> and the project will be like fifteen motherfucking yeah. songs. And, and she's like, "But you, what? Is that like, the album? Yeah, no, but it is for me." Um. <clears throat> So I've been listening to a lot of that, um, Janae, of course, and I've been listening to um, Fleetwood Mac. Shout out to Fleetwood or, Mac. Ooh, games. I mean, um, shout out to Stevie Nicks. Steve, Landslide, and what's the other song? What's the other one? The one. There, there you go again. You say you want your free. Anyway, okay, I don't know. It's a good how, one. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you know, fucking. <laughs> I don't need you, Amber. I don't need you. I'm about to find it for y'all. Just so y'all I know what it is. Dreams Bow oh, by Fleetwood Mac. That doesn't sound like you were saying dream. You okay, know, but anyway. You know I'm a little toned. Don't okay. do this. You do Sorry. this all the time. My bad. You know, My bad. Um Yeah, cool. Okay. That's what you've been listening to. Yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I might listen to some Fleetwood Mac. It's, I feel like like Stevie Nicks has a very like, almost like relaxing. I always feel very calm mm-hmm. listening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just kind of puts me at ease. Yeah, that's a white woman. That's okay. Yeah. Speaking of a white woman, who's okay? I don't, I don't know if she's okay, but I don't like the new. Have you listened to the new Lady Gaga song? Oh, is this where she's like in a desert and she's running? No, I don't. I don't really. I mean, I like Lady Gaga sometimes, but I just I'm I'm kind of confused. I feel like she. What I was really excited about the new music, and it could. This is just the first song, so it could be great. But I feel like the album. You mean? Yeah, the album. Yeah, the album could be great. Um. But I was really excited because I felt like after A Star is Born, she was going to kind of go more into like a ballad kind of moment. She did that already with Joanne. Yeah, but those wasn't good ballads. <laughs> Bitch, I don't know. I fucked with it. You like Joanne? Yeah. I didn't like Joanne. But, okay. Yeah. But I like ba- I like ballads and shit. Yeah, I just wanted more. Like I wanted it like a shallow. Or I don't know what love is. Shallow oh, slaps. Oh, child. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I can't I, I. do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you've been listening to. Yeah. I'm listen- yeah, Fleetwood Mac, I'm listening to. Okay. All right. So now we're going to introduce our amazing guest. Yes. All right. All right. So. He is a psychotherapist slash mental health counselor who wants to share his knowledge with the world. Please welcome Pierre, better known as Queering Psych, on Instagram uh, or Twitter. That's how I found him. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. Hey. 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 Welcome, Pierre. Hey. hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hi, Pierre. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling. Come on. Come on, chilling. Come on. You got to put on that sexy voice. Come on. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm getting uh-huh. a little run for my money. <laughs> mm. So Pierre, any little known facts you would like the Bussy Hive to know about you? Anything? Um, let me see. Any little known facts? Um, I don't. I can't really think. Of, I'm. 
I think about uh, eating a lot. So it's just like food. <laughs> food, food really kind of, my, my week kind of revolves around when am I going grocery shopping? When am I cooking? Have I thought about new food ideas? No, but guys, seriously, what do you want to eat next week? No, but have, have we thought about it though? You know what? Fuck it. I don't want to cook today. Like it's just okay. a lot of it is if it's not about like therapy or gardening, uh, which is something else I also do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about food, and really, honestly, when I'm when I'm doing the gardening thing, I'm thinking about food. So, um, yeah, okay. a lot about food. I think a lot about food too. Same. You are now alone. The best thing. Yes. Yeah. One of the few things out there, really. Oh. <laughs> if if only niggas could be like food. <sighs> But sometimes they are. Are they? Fear facts. Are are they? Good question. Are they? You know what? I like someone right now, so I'm like a little bit more positive towards men than I usually am. Just a like, just like. Point one percent more positive. Okay, well, look, I like point. I like point one percent more positive amber mm. when it comes to niggas. They still trash, but you know, point one percent. Look, if you can find you a Febreze scented one <laughs> in all the garbage, <laughs> you're done good. Um, okay, so we're gonna we start the podcast pretty the same all the time as we always do um, with Bussy Pep Talks, which is one reason why Amber myself. And the guests are proud of ourselves or love ourselves for the week. Um, because you are a guest, we'll let you start. What is your bussy pep talk for the week? Why are you proud of yourself or love yourself for the week, Pierre? Okay. Um, I like that I have like uh, these goals that I have. Uh, and I always uh, hit them. Okay. It, it might take me a lot longer than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be obstacles in the way, but, um, I always like, if I say I'm going to do something, especially if I say out loud, I'm mm-hmm. going to do something, I will. Okay. So even if it, it's like, uncomfortable, un- 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 like, a um, meeting a new, um, the people and etc. Mm-hmm. But if I if I make the promise out 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 loud, I have to do it. So okay, and I'm doing it. So that's good. Come on, come on to make look. It's hard. <laughs> Together, goal setting, goal setting, and goal goal achieving. The ghetto. Um, okay. And what's your bussy pep talk for today? Um, you said what is my bussy pep, pep talk? talk? Um. Oh, I got a new job. Okay. Oh yay! Yes. Congratulations. I start tomorrow. Okay. Um, I'm a freelance producer, so um, it's a sh- for a short amount of time, and but I do also have an interview on Friday, so you know I'm out here trying to make shit work. You. you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to work, 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 work. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm just trying to be booked. And busy. Yeah, oh. maybe not busy, but just booked. 
Like, I want to relax a little. I want to enjoy. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, no. I want to enjoy, like, my life. Like, I'm getting paid a little bit more. Like, I want to be able to, like, enjoy the people that I care about, you know? Because sometimes busy, you're just like, we don't need to be busy. For what? I work in television. We're not saving lives. We're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is stupid. Everything that we're doing, all the stress that we're putting us like under is dumb. So like, let's just, let's just have a little bit of fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, my bussy pep talk. <laughs> Sorry, I'm happy. Yeah, look, no, I like it. Um, my bussy pep talk is just, um, you know, I'm, I'm working. I got a new client in the last two weeks. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Um, so I an underrated queen. Uh, amen. Um, so, um, so I'm just been trying to get more clients, in particular, get clients that I feel like um, will help me expand my kind of um, my reach as a publicist. So, so that's the goal, and I think for me, really in 2020 in particular my um goal for myself as a publicist is to really um i say i'm an a-list publicist so my biggest goal is to garner more clients that speak to that 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 level of ability come on <laughs> come on a-list publicist okay, okay. so getting a-list clients getting a-list clients because a-list clients bring in a-list budgets but um <laughs> Getting rid of debt in 2020. Okay. Um, okay. I love that. Yes. Um, and I, shout out to my current client roster for keeping me as well as my my team <laughs> not broke. Amen. All right. <laughs> so we're going to just jump into it. For those who may be new to the podcast, we go in order. Eat, pray, thought. Um, so we're going to start with eat. And this actually was not a question, but because Pierre and I got into a random conversation about it, Pierre, what is your favorite TV dinner? As what was your favorite TV dinner oh, growing man. up, or what is your current favorite TV dinner? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> let me see. Now I don't eat that anymore, um, but I'm trying to think. When you were a kid, my favorite, yeah. Um, do hot pockets count? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything so, you put in the microwave? Um. Then hot pockets. Okay. What, what the, flavor of hot pockets? Pepperoni. Okay. The, um, pepperoni cheese. Yes. Okay. The, the pepperoni and cheese. Okay. That was. I mean, you know, with the hot pockets, you didn't know what you were gonna get when you took it out the oven. It could be frozen in the middle. It could be hot <laughs> lava in the middle. Who knew? But you know what? That's what I had. Like. Okay. That's so true about hot pockets. But so they slapped though. They oh. were good. College hot pockets were all the rage. Yeah, good time. I don't think I can eat hot pockets anymore. There's certain things that like there are a lot of foods that I just can't eat ramen noodles anymore. Anything, yeah, ooh, child. Anything I ate in college, I pretty much can't eat anymore. Yeah, hot pockets yeah. would be one of them. Yeah. yeah, but they were good. I just I just can't. Yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, shout ooh, out to sh- the hot pockets shout though. Out to hot pockets. Okay, what are some of your favorite plant based meals? you like to make 
Okay, yeah. I, I asked, um, just because, like, <laughs> I asked the people around me, um, because I liked to cook for the experiment of it all, and not just for the experiment of it all, but just to say I, I, I did something, or I accomplished okay. something, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is I improved upon it from the last time, okay. or sometimes it's, you know, da-da-da, so... Um, and my food, you know, I'm just saying it, it usually turns out really well. Okay. Come on. It's not a surprise. No, it's not a surprise. (laughs) No one who, who lives with me or eats my food is going to wonder, Oh, I I wonder if it's, food's going to taste good. No, it's not. Is it going to taste good? It's, you know, I, I wonder what he decided to make this week. Okay. Um, so I had to ask cause I enjoy cooking regardless, but like what actually tastes the best. So, um, is this feedback from your roommates? <laughs> Come on, we love roommate feedback. Look, <laughs> you sometimes you need to ask the source. You know, because <laughs> I could tell you, but that's not accurate. Did a round table real quick before I left the house. <laughs> ah, ah! <laughs> Come on. So, um, <laughs> so for the holidays, right? I made this like. The, 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 the baked ziti esque kind of thing. Okay. So it had like um, the, the the pasta, which is not all v- v- vegan. Only certain brands are. Okay. So you got to read the, the back. But I found some, and then uh, so ricotta is something that. F- so I've been uh, plant based. Um, I guess it depends on how you would define plant based, but uh, I haven't. I've been not eating meat or any kind of dairy or anything like that uh, for the last... It hasn't been, like, over five years. Has it been? Definitely three. Um, And then uh, I've been, like, uh, not eating red meat before that for, like, a year or two. Okay. So this has been kind of a slow um, move. But um, so for the first few years of this, I didn't have ricotta. Okay. I didn't have cheese. Well, there's still a lot of types of cheese I can't have, and you just gotta let go of that and move on. <laughs> Though your face so was like so sacrifices sad. Sacrifices are important. It's part of growing and being an adult and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Whatever. Why did you decide to be plant based? Um, uh, it. it it's all like health related. Um, there was a lot of like sicknesses in my family okay. that were a lot of it was re- related to their lifestyle. And then around the time I was deciding to give up certain things, there was all these food scares. Okay. Um, you know, this was giving people salmonella. This was giving this, this, that, and right. the third. And um, and also like meat and dairy is really expensive. So if I wanted to eat, you know, all organic or whatever, right? Let's just say. That's not expensive. Or I could just, you know, not eat that and save a lot of money and just focus on the quality okay. of the food and focusing on like seasoning every layer and like looking at how can I make this the best it could be mm-hmm. given what's not there. Okay. Um, and that's been working really well for me. I used to like um the acne I used to have was like really bad and now it's just scars. Okay. And like if y'all saw when I was eating cheese and milk and stuff that was just making things flare up so much and it's it's so easy to cause the damage it's hard to heal it mm. um so it's like i haven't been eating like dairy for over a year maybe even two years and still there's a little bit of scarring here and there mm-hmm. but you know there's a lot of sacrifice okay. um but anyway 
So the ricotta that I made, um, I took the cashews and I soaked them overnight. And then I have a, a food processor. Um, and I thought about all the things. Like when I make a, a recipe, I think about all the flavors that I'm, I'm used to have, you know, in cheese or in meat or whatever else I'm cooking. And I try to think about all the things that would make it uh, flavored that way. And I might look online to see what other people are doing. But, you know, some people don't season their food right. I'm not going to call anybody out, but you know what I'm talking about. White so people. You have to be very careful. Something that I say online, you know, and, you know, this wouldn't be a surprise to anyone who, um, who's read my stuff before. But, um, you know, when you look at, you know, plant-based vegan recipes online, you're not supposed to take them as they are. They are a framework. They're not rules. Okay. Um, because some people don't know what they're doing. But you know what you're doing because you've been eating meat. No, like, <laughs> if, you've been, if, you, if you've been eating meat and you know what tuna tastes like, right, you trust yourself. Like, if you're trying to make, like, a jackfruit tuna whatever, right, you know what tuna tastes like more than maybe some other people who have never eaten meat before. So if you know it needs a, a tang, you know, add that. Find a way to add that. Like, you know, if you if you know what certain things are supposed to taste like, like I've, like, fried certain things, right? We know what fried food is supposed to be like. You know, a lot of these recipes are made by people who've never eaten meat before. You know, they were raised vegan, mm. and that's great. Take that into consideration though or like look and see if they're like if they don't look like the ancestors stop their hand when they season don't look i'm just i'm helping y'all out because people say vegan food is gross and it's not it's who's making it so and Here. trust trust yourself Here. if you know how to cook you know how to cook vegan look food like the ancestors stop you, their know hand. Talk about. you know when mama's like when mama how you make that oh i put this much salt this much this how do you know when to stop i don't know until it's right you everyone all you need to do all we we all we need to do is just be in the kitchen for a while and eventually the ancestors tell you when to stop you just need practice that is so true though you just need practice when i tell you i used to cook i don't feel this as much in my new york apartment but when i was in chicago i used to literally feel my grandmother spirit with me and I felt like that was the best food I've ever cooked in my life like I could hear her whispering telling me like oh put a little bit more of this put a little bit more of that that is so true I'm just saying like what usually happens for me when I cook is I season I do one round of seasoning and something's just like you know it's, it's not a voice it's just like a nagging like you know what maybe I should put more you know no let me just let me put more and every time I do that you know what let me and I do it the food's perfect every time I'm like no it's good the way it is it's not (laughs) fast forward it's not good the way it is (laughs) trust your answer let them speak through you okay and your food that's a that's a word right there let your answer to speak through you right trust that's the key part trust 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 what your ancestor is giving you yes All right. (laughs) <laughs> um, besides cheese, are there any other foods oh, that you right. miss eating after be- since becoming plant based? It's just you know I'm f- I'm f- from New York, okay. So um, there's just a lot of things that I miss, like being able to just get a, a, a pizza whenever you want. Or there's this is still cheese, but I love cheese so much. Or like I used to before I had to give it up. But like um, there used to be this spot that like made m- m- mac and cheese, and that's all they made. Mm. So I would hit that up a lot. 
Um, I used to like things fried in animal fat. Really, moral of the story, it's animal fat. I just, like, I miss... I miss animal fat a lot, and that sounds weird, but like it doesn't. It's like that it hits, and um, in like the plant based cooking I do, I do a lot of things and a lot of like you know to kind of make up for the fact that I can't put animal fat in my food. Okay, but just animal fat. I miss you, and <laughs> come on, I love letter. I love letter to animal fat. Even though you're bad for me, we can't be together anymore. Okay. Like. <laughs> Uh, set the boundaries. <laughs> oh, child. Boundary setting. Yeah. So you, you've you mentioned before that you wax poetically or you like just are like, we'll talk on and on and on about food. What was the last meal that made you do that? Yeah. Okay. So uh, there's this uh, um, meat sauce that m- my mama used to make all when I was growing up. And I love it. I like, I, I just, it's the memories and just the way it smells and everything. And uh, before I moved out, I made her give me the recipe, which, you know, with mamas, they don't have a recipe written down. Mm-hmm. You got to stand on the outside of the kitchen with a notepad and just like, no, no, stop. But what is that? <laughs> okay, no, but how many spoonfuls? You don't even measure. Okay, all right. Fine, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's okay. So um, I had to do that. And then uh, when, and it's funny, when I was still eating meat, I could never get it quite like hers. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I didn't know why. And then um, when I went, um, um, when I decided to, to stop eating meat, and I had to figure out how to make it like a, a vegan version. Mm-hmm. And I I made it last week. And oh man, it hit. It was everything. I can't even tell you. Like The way tasted, your eyes, there was a glow <laughs> to your eyes, the way it is. It tasted just like hers. It's to the point that I can't wait to make it the next time so I could like package it and bring it over to her. Because first of all, it went too fast. Um, like I, I, me and my roommates, we ate it. Like my fam and I tore it up. It's done. It's gone. It was curtains for it. There was no space. Like it was, I couldn't share it even if I wanted to, it was gone. So, um, but yeah, the next time I want to, I want to just, uh, have it packaged up for her and give it to her because it tastes just like home. It was just everything. Like all the spices just hit and it's just like. And then I like I had some spaghetti on the side, and I made it like I I I I decided because when I was growing up, um, the pasta was all made all at once, mm-hmm. and then you would reheat the pasta with the sauce each time. But this time, I decided let's be really fancy. And what if I made the pasta every night? Like I made the sauce in advance and warmed up the sauce, right? Mm-hmm. And then in another pot, just warmed up the pasta new every night, right? And then I threw the pasta into the warmed up sauce, so it got all together. Mm-hmm. And the starch from the pasta, like it, um, it made like the sauce cling to the noodles. Look, when I tell you, like this week was so hard. And just, I came home every night to that pasta, and it was just, man, just... It got you through. <laughs> it really did. I feel like it got me through just now, <laughs> the way you described it. 
Like I'm like, I need the starch to hit <laughs> the sauce. <laughs> like just right. Woo. All right. All right. So we're gonna go into pray. We start praying with the same question every single time. What is your passion? Um Yeah, I think I would say that it is I want to live my life as fully as possible. Like, you know, I'm given like s- systemic things that are in the way and which is a very frustrating thing for me. And I want everyone else to live lives as fully as possible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of my work and why I do the things I do because I want people and I want, I want everyone, myself included to do what they want to do and Mm -hmm. just kind of imagine the lives we would be living if certain restrictions weren't in the way. And And a lot of those things aren't, um, these like objective, uh, things that have to happen that a lot of these things are man made and can be ended uh so yeah i think my my passion in life is to live as fully as i can mm-hmm. um so how has being a therapist affected your own mental health um you know, it's it's funny. It's it's that's a very complicated question that has a very complicated answer. Um, we like complicated, we, we so love many complicated questions yeah. and answers. Because, like, I remember uh, in school, right in, in grad school, so many of because um, there's a learning curve. I think. Well, I'm being optimistic. There's ideally a learning curve in learning how to take care of your health of all kinds when you're taking certain jobs like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say learning curve ideally because there's a lot of people that don't quite get there. <laughs> and that's how you see the nurses and the doctors and therapists and the psychiatrists all looking like they're angry to be at work or you feel like you're being mistreated as the client Ooh. because they don't, you know, there are a lot of things they would rather be doing and it's not this. Okay. You know, so and or maybe their own mental health is is suffering. Um, so it's really important, ideally, to kind of learn yourself and kind of what you need. Because um, uh, in in grad school, when you know you're first, you know, uh, going into training and uh, meeting, you know, your first clients and stuff like that, and kind of learning how to deal with all of the stress and, of the of the job. But also, you know, the trauma and the emotions that your clients are bringing to you mm. and how to like be, uh, how to build a safe space for them, how to uh, help them work through their stuff without it hurting you. Mm, okay. um, you know, a lot of people talk about relationships, especially romantic ones, where they feel like they need to be each other's, you know, th- they say they want to be each other's therapist or they want to be the, 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 the container for the other's pain and... If you are not being trained um, to do that, I was just not doing that. It's like people's pain, um, and that this is not this is not me saying be cold to your friends and be cold to the the people in your life, but there's a difference. Like, and I'm that it's pretty easy. Whereas, like talking to your friend after they've had a rough day versus trying to help them through a trauma mm-hmm. is a totally different thing. Yeah. And if you are not trained to do that, you don't know how to stop the splashback from hurting you, and it starts to af- affect your whole your own life. And a lot of friendships and a lot of relationships have ended because you know people want to kind of hold court for everyone's 
traumas and every, everyone else's mental health, but not taking into account their own. Mm-hmm. So I guess returning to the, the, the question, um, in an ideal setting, and I'm going to keep using the words ideal and hopefully and stuff, because people, people's horror stories about therapists are valid. Because I've went to school with a lot of these people. I've trained under a lot of these people. Um, and I know. And I know. Okay? I know. I know. I get it. I know. I see. Um, I get it. And uh, when you find a good therapist, which, you know, I probably will talk about later, hold on to them. Hold on to them. Because I know it's rough out there and I believe you. Like, they, you know, a lot of people want to act like, you know... Uh, these horror stories aren't real, but they are. They are, and it's and it's real. And what I will say is, uh, don't give up on finding a therapist because your mental health is important. The same way that if a um, a nurse or a doctor uh, like did something unprofessional, eventually you would have to get a new nurse or a new doctor. That's true. And in other parts, in certain parts of the country, that might be really hard. And, you know, I totally get that and I understand that. But also it's at a certain point you would need to go back to the, the, the doctor because you have to check in on certain things or, you, you know, bad things will happen. You'll get sick, you'll die, etc. Your mental health is very connected to uh, every other part of your health. Mm. And if you don't attend to your mental health, you will get sick. Your immune system will be affected and you could get sick. It's why, you know, people tend to think that not taking care of themselves, maybe not sleeping right, not getting, not eating right, not removing certain people out of their circles, not attending to their friendships, those kinds of things will eventually come back to hurt you. Um, so a lot of these things that I, that I tell my clients and I tell other people, I've also, you know, in the last 10 years have gotten much better and improved at uh, doing myself in my own life. Because something I've noticed is that, you know, just a lot of, you know, a lot of the drama that comes when you're like in your 20s, you know, the traditional nonsense that happens <laughs> that you look back and you're just like, why did I do that? It doesn't make like that pivotal point in your late 20s into 30 mm-hmm. is just you look back and something clicks the same way when you're 25, something kind of clicks, but mm-hmm. that late 20s, 30, something just clicks in your brain and you just look back at the things you've done or and you're just like oh man even if you didn't do anything catastrophic you're still just like i really could have went left instead of right here mm-hmm. um and a, a, a lot of my realizations uh have have been like all right a lot of the stuff that i say about uh, setting the right boundaries for everyone across the board to not make exceptions for people that's mm-hmm. my personal thing okay. i love to keep people around for as long as possible. I will ride a relationship until it's done. Like, um, I want to keep people around. I want to see if we could rebuild this or fix this. And it's like, um, being able to set the boundaries in a relationship to be like, no, if someone shows you that it isn't going to work, it isn't going to work. You Mm. can't force someone to stay. You can't force something to work. You can't make something that both of you, yeah, if the both of you are on the same page, kind of let it go. The life that I would want for my clients, I should want that for myself. Mm. Come on. So it's like, you know, uh, and also it's a lot easier for me to reflect uh, on my own uh, life and choices. And I also like my chosen family. Um, 
we do a lot of like reflection with each other. Mm. Like, what do you see? You know, because there's some p- p- parts of you. Uh, there's the the uh, there's the p- part of you that the parts of you that you see, mm-hmm. right? That you can said uh, if you were to look in the mirror, kind of like you know the parts of your personality, the parts of how you act. There's a parts that you see, then there's the 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 parts of you that everyone else sees that you can't see, mm-hmm. right? And there's the part of you that you know about that you don't tell others, and then there's the part of you that no one can see, right? And um, the part of you that other people can see that you can't see, uh, that's when it becomes important to have people that you trust um, to that can reflect what they see and you trust that it's not coming from a malicious place. They're not going to spin this back on you later. Um, I wouldn't use your romantic partner for this because romantic partners kind of come and go. You know, it's best to use people that have been around for a very long time like I've had friends and people in my chosen family that have been in my life for over 10 years mm-hmm. and it's there are, and um, yeah there, there are definitely things that I go to them about and I'll, and I'll say okay you know look at this um, um, this uh, this exchange I had with somebody or this is the way that I that I acted how does this look and my chosen fam has no problem being like you were wildin and here is why go apologize (laughs) or being like no 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 no. you're fine you're fine or "Mm, you could have said it more like this so if you want to go apologize for this maybe you should or if you're gonna stand by it and feel feel that way then you feel that way but you know this is my perspective and i have multiple people that i can go to and it's like reflecting myself and kind of using my team to kind of reflect mm-hmm. what they see and doing the same for them so they're not pouring all of this work and labor into me and I'm not doing the same thing for them. Mm. Um, and that helps you become more aware of yourself and that's like the first step to doing anything. Okay. I like yeah. that. that was very complex, but I liked it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you kind of talked about this, but in general, um, about setting boundaries. What what boundaries have you recently set that were hard to do so? Was there a boundary recently that it kind of like was like, damn, that was hard? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Mm, I think, um, I think a, a, a boundary recently that was hard to set was, um, I think I I had mentioned it briefly before, but to stop making ex- exceptions for mm. people, um, in just kind of like, um, is this person, I something that either will like inadvertently happen or I do myself is I'll there'll be a a a, a space of time where um, they're not around. So I'll take a, a, a break from them mm-hmm. and then I'll see how I feel when they're gone. And um, if I feel better, if the weight has lifted off my shoulders, um, if my acne has cleared a little bit, um, if I have more money than I had before, you know, if I feel a lot better than when they were gone. Because, you know, there are times where you might separate from somebody mm-hmm. or take a break and you might feel like actually no um okay well then if i don't feel good 
why and you can kind of work through that is it just because i'm very dependent on this person i should probably cut them off anyway or is it because they actually add something of value and we're just having an argument right now or blah 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 blah. let me ask my chosen circle what they think i should do because they wouldn't lead me astray da, 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 da. but if you kind of have a break and you feel being feel like a lighter that's a sign and even if you still care about that person the, you know, if if your body is telling you you're done, then you're done. And I, you know, I've had to really just be like, no, listen to myself. Mm. You know, and I've been, um, I think that I've been a, a lot more. Oh, um, I uh, this 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 same way that I would want. Um, someone else to trust their gut and listen to themselves and kind of reflect is something that and and as a result set the boundaries and stick to them is kind of something that I um, have been a lot more firmer mm-hmm. in the last year or so and it's been I've had a it's been a great it's been a pretty great year all things considered mm-hmm. um, in terms of my like interpersonal relationships and just my circle has been stronger Mm -hmm. as a result and i think that i wish that for people okay i love that you're okay so your twitter twitter handle and blog is called queering psychology why did you choose that name and what does that mean so it's funny um i chose that name actually years ago because the website used to be like a a up 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 like a up up a blog more like a a journaly well, uh so when it first started it was more like a journal type situation and then i wrote like essays mm-hmm. and it was really about being in did i start it in college i think i might have started it in college and then i picked it up in grad school and then it became something else after after grad school so it first started more just like journaling what it was like to be in college um, as a as someone studying psychology, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it became and kind of debunking the things I saw being taught in class, and then um, and then during grad school I changed up and then it became more like um, uh, dispensing information that I was learning in school um, for, for free because a, a lot of the, the time, that kind of information, you have to uh, pay a certain amount of money in order to gain access to it. And I've hated, always hated that. Um, so I started using it to kind of share information. And then now, uh, I guess, I'm oh, sorry, and then kind of going back to college, the reason why I named it Queering Psych is because uh, from like an academic perspective to queer is like a a rejection of like all this, um, uh, the norms and expectations and standards and um, rules and oppressions in society around uh, heterosexuality and in terms of like people's genders around like race around relationships etc etc and um for me to queer psychology is to kind of take a step back 
and uh, be aware of all those the, the things we are socialized to believe and to be aware of all the systemic oppression and the history of psychology and how uh, just the uh, how unsafe it's been for black people mm. and to kind of acknowledge that and to peel back all of those things and work at, um, from a place where if I acknowledge all of those things and I help people like, work against that, they can find their freedom. They can kind of uh, change their own um, lives with the information that I, I give. Mm-hmm. So the website Queering Psychology uh, started it in 2018. So it's been two years. Um, and I've been, you know, I've been trying to find time on the side between all the things, you know, between work and X, Y, and Z to, to write. Um, and a lot of the topics I come, uh, I, I just kind of watch online and I watch the world and I kind of see what I think that people uh, kind of would need some information on. Mm-hmm. And then I, sh- I write something sharing that. Just kind of going off a little bit of what you were saying, um, what are some ways that you feel like you personally in your work make therapy feel safe for black people? Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I, I think that first things first is um, I try to... I, I first acknowledge how hard it is to come to therapy in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of therapists, you know, get really frustrated with like uh, clients that do no shows, or might cancel a lot, or have scheduling issues, or or might be really frustrated when they come in to uh, speak with you. Um, Sorry. And um, I think it's first kind of. Uh, understanding where a client is might be coming from mm-hmm. and also like i've also i've 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 done uh i've i've also been a client myself and been in therapy mm-hmm. so i know how scary it is to go for the first time mm-hmm. and so kind of always remembering what it's like to actually be in uh to to uh, to be a client is also is very helpful mm-hmm. um i also think it's being able to work with clients uh regarding whatever situation there is and they kind of meet clients where they're at mm-hmm. um and uh, that might require you know meeting clients at their home or meeting them at their workplace or kind of like being flexible in regards to like sk- scheduling with them mm-hmm. or um understanding that maybe some clients might want you, might might want you to speak with their families and some clients might not um acknowledging what uh the the the, the different um uh, like oppressions a client might be experiencing and how that affects their life in real time Mm. um and giving them space to be frustrated like a lot of even in therapy sessions uh clients might not feel comfortable being angry Mm -hmm. and something that i I definitely allow clients to do is to be angry like yell scream even it's like if it's if it's into the air, 
get all those feelings out, pretend the person you want to yell at is in the chair, mm-hmm. yell at the chair, or just if you want to like walk around and pace, whatever that looks like for you to get the, the, the energy out, do that. You don't have to worry about scaring me mm. or like being afraid that I'm going to call 911, are you? Or like that I'm going to write something in my notes that some, like an agency will see and then you won't be able to get... Um, any custody of your kid or they might cut your um, the the benefits off it's also like acknowledging the power behind who I am Um, because yeah you know I'm a fellow black person but I'm also a a therapist and there's power behind my words Mm. and my name and to acknowledge that that my actions have consequences Mm. and what do those consequences mean for the client and am I actually helping the client um, or am I doing what I think is helping the client so, yeah. Come on. I think, or am I doing what I think is the client? So, I, go ahead. Yeah, I just thought about bad therapists. I'm sorry. I had a moment. Yeah, I mean, bad therapy is so real. You know, like, I, I, str- I mean, it's one is already hard coming into therapy because it's a mostly like white space in general, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's also thought of as very white. And then, so as a black person, you're coming in, and then I, I remember just from my own perspective, I would I went to a therapist and I felt like I was teaching her about black issues like the whole time and I wasn't getting any help. But she was getting like free lessons on, you know, blackness. Uh, (laughs) So I was like, bitch, I need to get paid for this. Not you. Um, And I just can't. I mean, like I have you know, uh, queer friends and also, uh, non-binary friends who are like, you know, I want a black therapist, but then they're going to be, they don't understand my queerness or they don't understand my gender or blah, blah, blah. And so like, not blah, 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 but yeah, you know, like, so I feel as though it's already tough finding those good therapists as black folks, as black queer people. And like, I just, Whew, I don't know. I don't know what we gonna do. <laughs> I think I don't know. Is it just about like holding space for each other? Is it? I mean, like, because I mean, we thank you for your work, but there's not a ton of you out there. <laughs> like, you know, like what do what do yeah, we do? What I mean, what do you I... tell that person who is just like, I live in Idaho. And I'm literally like the only, <laughs> you know, person of color, the only queer person in a hundred miles. Like what, what do you tell that person who, who's struggling with therapy? I think, uh, f- for me, um, I think I wouldn't say anything. That's not who I would ad- 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 address to deal with that problem. And I would speak to the the the, the, the therapists who are in the area mm. and who are otherwise close, because it's it shouldn't be up to the client to solve this problem. It's on the therapist. Um, I like I'd spend so much of my time shouting into the ether. I feel like telling other telling other therapists they need to step up and provide free therapy. Mm. Um, it's like sometimes I'll I'll like bend and feel like okay low cost but more and more i'm like no 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 no, free because i am poor like i don't make a lot of money i'm not sitting here being like i have all the money and that's why i can i can uh, i can try to you know 
uh, provide services for free. No, it's just that I'm decided that this was a priority for me mm-hmm. and that this is the only way it's going to get done. And it really makes me wonder, you know, there have been so many therapists out there, centuries and centuries of therapists, and I don't think I'm smarter than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So why hasn't any other therapist decided to just provide free services, not through an agency, not, you know, X, Y, and Z, no, why don't you just decide to provide f- free free services and not like, you know, um, a couple clients here and there, especially a lot of these well-off, you know, white therapists, which is what makes up a lot of the profession yeah. because it's very expensive to get into this profession. Like, that's why you don't see a whole lot of people who look like me um, because there's a lot of things in the way. So many. A, a, a part of my goal with my private practice is to try to get as many um, therapists, black therapists, ideally black queer therapists in to this field as as much as possible um and uh being able to to take them under my license so that they either earn hours or be trained or something i'll have to figure that out in the future Mm -hmm. um so that we can have more of us out there and provides the kind of support that they need and helping people helping them fund getting into this career because there's so many steps and so many um, points where you have to shed hundreds of dollars um, just to get certain points. Like there's um, there's there's a study guide that if you don't get that, you're not going to pass the exam. And the study guide is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So you know it's all of these things that are kind of in the way. So what I would say is you know um, for all the black therapists that are out there, why aren't there more black people coming to your uh, office why you know there's there's a need there's such a great need there are black people crying out for therapists and for services why aren't they coming to your office why aren't you having more black clients what are the systemic things in the way where the barriers in the way that are stopping them from receiving services if it's money if you're already doing a sliding scale, do that. If even the sliding scale is too much, provide services for free. You know, there are people, there are black therapists who provide free services, and that's great, but more of us need to. Mm-hmm. And um, so that there aren't people who live in the middle of nowhere, because then you could do um, therapy v- via Skype. Mm. As long as the person lives in the same state, you can you can provide video therapy to clients that might be far from your practice. Why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of us talk about you know revolution and change and what that takes, and everyone expects a leader to come down and save us all, and that's never going to happen. Like the idea of a leader is a very white supremacist idea, and every single time we try to hold up a leader, they kill him. So maybe if we, we all are the leaders and we all have skills, they can't kill all of us. I mean, they've tried and they fail. Look, we're still here. So therefore, if we come together as a community and we share our skills for free, not to a degree where we burn out, but we all know how much we can handle. Everyone has a skill everybody if people need help writing up a a cover letter and you know you write the best do some of that for free if there are old people in your neighborhood that need help with computers help them you know if there are kids and you're 
to good with kids and pass a background check. Um, <laughs> Come work, on, don't, don't spend work, work with here. them kids. If like if you if you are the a therapist, key. key. <laughs> well, it is what it is. If you if you are a therapist and you can provide free their services, if you are a social worker and you can do like case management services, people need health care and don't know how to fill out forms. You know, there's always something that people can be doing. We need to rely on each other. And um, yeah, so that's kind of, um, I really wish people did more of that. So how, since you just spoke about the idea of burnout, how do you, how are you personally not burning out by providing free help? And then also, yeah, okay. I, I'm not a therapist, but I struggle a little bit with hearing you say give free services. I want to to give free services all the time but how are you going to eat yeah like how do you do that too like i want you to also i also want you to be like good and whole enough so you can provide these these services as well so um wait first let me what was your question yes it was basically the same question like how do you not burn out okay yeah as well as um, how do you provide for yourself yeah okay so as far as the 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 the, the, um the, the um uh, providing free services. I'm currently n- not right now. I'm doing all the the prep work and the filing of the paperwork with the state and et cetera, et cetera, in order to to get to that point, which will be around September, October. Okay. Um, and so this idea has been a long t- time coming. Mm-hmm. I've known I wanted to do it uh, since I went to since I applied to grad school actually when i wrote the letter i told them this is what i was gonna do um because it was like stop me this is now the time to stop me and you know there's been a lot of people have tried to stop me from getting to this point but i've been very clear like this is what i was going to do so like if you let me get to a certain point this is what's gonna happen like no one can none of my professors can say they never knew and no one I ever trained under can say they weren't aware my current current supervisors know I'm trying to do something like this like you know a lot of it is no one quite believing me but um Mm. you know everyone has been pretty aware if you've known me in the last um hmm seven years then you know I've you've known I've been working towards this so I've had a lot of time to kind of think about how I was going to do this mm-hmm. and um, what the, the best way to do this is. So, um, well, first and foremost, I finally have a job where they're not burning me out mm-hmm. and they respect my mental health. Yes. And um, I, I don't hate my supervisors. Ooh, child, this sounds like a uh, good-ass job. <laughs> and, where uh, you get this job at? Can, did, look, it they, took they a hire? long time to get here. <laughs> it took a very long time to get here. It's who has been such a rough road. To get um, yeah. Oh, God. Just having a job that you hate and they hate you is Ooh. just... Ah, uh, man. Mm. Sounds like every job I've been in. Uh, there's been... There was one time at, at uh, one of the jobs I had prior where I turned to my coworker and I'm like, why do they keep doing this to me? Like, why am I... Um, why am I being paid the least out of all the, the other therapists? But I'm doing twice the amount of work. Why this? Why that? And she goes, because they don't like you. Like... <laughs> And I was just like, because oh, they don't like me. Okay, yeah, you see it. Validation. All right. <laughs> Great. So yeah. it's it's nice 
to finally get to a place where it's like I can provide the services and the quality of care I want to provide mm-hmm. and my supervisors don't feel threatened by that. Mm. I'm not, they don't feel like I'm stepping on their toes. They value the quality of work I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if I need to take a sick day, they will let me t- take that sick day. If I need to, you know, call the morning of and just be like, mm, not happening. Mm-hmm. I'm too sick to come into work or I'm, I'm, I am burning out. And they're like, Oh no. Um, just cause this job is very intense. Yeah. So they're scared that I'm going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do whatever they can to keep me from burning out on their end, which is nice because it's hard to protect myself if your bosses aren't helping you. Mm. Um, so that's one, two, I have, I've kind of just dedicated a lot of my life to just like listening to my body and mind and kind of what it needs. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I tend to uh, give myself about 30 minutes a day after work to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't bring anything unnecessary home um, to, you know, to, to the people that I live with because that's not fair to them. Right. Um, I'll also like, um, I, I don't have any children, so that's a lot of money that isn't going anywhere, uh, so which True. is nice. So I can like, oh, cool. look, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I worked very hard in my 20s to make sure that didn't happen. <laughs> and I had a lot of accidents that I've been very lucky, knock on wood. But my praying grandmother has really been there for me. Because a lot of people aren't so lucky. They do everything right and things still go wrong. That's true. And I'm lucky that I have not been that person because I'm not the one for children. But but I save so much money and not having kids. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And not save so much money for you. Save so much money. So much money. So like I can do things like, oh, I really, there's just craft beer that I really like. So I... <laughs> But no, I do very no children things. It's really great. Um, if I, I there's like a, there's different like spice markets I like going to to buy my spices because I don't got kids. Um, I have student loan money, so I can't ball out of control. But you know the, <laughs> but the uh, I can you know take my little coins and instead of it going to like other larger things, I can put them for now. Um, into things that make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, I try to uh, sp- uh, spend time... Well, one, I try to listen to myself and what I need because sometimes I just kind of want to be home. Mm-hmm. And But when I do want to spend time with people, I choose the people I want to be around. And um, if uh, if the person is more draining than anything else, I start to try to pay attention to that. Um, and, uh, I don't get as much sleep as I probably should. That's one thing I, that's a grow point, you know, I could be better at sleep, but, um, in terms of like, you know, I, and I also try to like plan my life around the easiest thing. Like when do I have the most energy to do a thing? Okay, well let's do it then. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Try to be as kind to myself as possible. Uh, and also I set a lot of boundaries interpersonally Mm. with people, both in real life and online. Mm-hmm. And I make it very clear that, you know, there are certain things I want to do with my life and I'm going to do those things. So if I won't, if I, because I'm going to do those things, there are certain things I can't do. Mm. And I can't make space for things that can't happen if I want to do the other things. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, and as far as how I'm going to afford it. Um, so I have thought about overhead a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the private practice, it, it, it's a, a mobile practice. So a lot of people, a lot of the money that, a lot of the financial issues that come with private practice are twofold. One, it's rent. Yeah. Um, and two, it is insurance companies. And uh, because insurance companies take a long time to reimburse you. Mm. And the the bills are consistent, but the money is not consistent. That's why a lot of therapists don't want to take uh, certain kinds of insurance because it takes a long time to reimburse them. Mm. Whereas the higher end, you know... They're quicker. Yes, the higher end insurances are a little bit quicker or um, there's not there's there might be less restrictions on certain things. Uh, so... Because I'm providing free therapy, I don't have to talk to insurance companies mm. um, at all. Like, I just, I don't even need to see your card. I don't even care. Just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on people who are low income. Mm. So I would, you know, when I open the practice in the fall, a part of it, a, a part of the intake process is going to be you showing me that you ain't got no money. Mm. Um, because it's not fair to take up a space that could go to someone else. Right. I do plan to eventually expand queering psychology so that people who uh, people don't have to be low income mm-hmm. to receive the services. Mm-hmm. But for now, I mean, really need to focus on where is the most need. Right. Um, so, because I'm not dealing with insurance companies, and then as far as rent, uh, the overhead is cut significantly because um, one, I plan on doing a lot of work in people's homes. The job I have right now, I'm all up in people's homes. Um, so I have no fear. And I've already seen everything I'm going to see. And I've already been through everything I'm going to been through. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm not I'm not, I'm not scared. Also, black people aren't going to call the police on me for being in their building, which is really great. At least some of the other clients I have, I've had a lot of scares where cops might get called on me or I might get threatened because I'm a black person in their building. And uh, at least um, um, servicing my own people, I won't have to worry about that. Uh, so there's that. For people that I can't see in their homes, I would rent office space, mm-hmm. which is pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. And also uh, for people that can't meet with me, uh, since I can, I can only service people who are in this state of New York, but I can do video conference uh, mm. or video therapy. Mm-hmm. So there's that's three different ways that I can see someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've thought about um, the... I've already uh, planned out what the initial startup costs are going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a general idea of how much it's going to take to run the practice every month. And um, I am... I've already uh, have kind of a, a lot of for that in my own uh, the, 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 the budget. And so that's why I'm saying September, October, because I've already counted for it. That's how long it's going to take me to buy certain things or to buy subscriptions with certain things. Mm-hmm. And then also um, I am not taking any grant money because I don't know if you guys know this, but if you take any grant money or anything like that, you have to report to the state or the, 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 the government, or even if you don't have to report, the person you're taking the money from has to report to somebody, someone mm-hmm. who's ever the money is coming from, um, that's who needs to be reported to. And eventually it's the, 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 the government. And so I want my clients to feel comfortable coming to me yeah. and not having to worry about who was going to know my information. Right. Um, so me not taking any grant money on one hand is good for that. On the other hand, it does make paying for it harder. Um, I'm also not taking on a lot of clients to start with. I'm easing it in very slowly. 
I'm thinking about, um, just I guess I should say this now so people don't get super excited, but first I'm taking four people. Yes, you're <laughs> me. Four people. Okay. Um, come, on, come on, let them know. Like I'm just, no, because I know. <laughs> Boundaries, I'm, okay. Because <laughs> I know that once, um, just like, you know, the end of the summer comes around in the fall and I start dropping things and it comes time to start singing out like intakes and yeah. telling people, guys, it's happening, it's happening. Mm-hmm. People are going to get very excited. Yeah. So I really should, um, you know, start prepping people for what the rollout is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just for the record, the 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 V1, the first, uh, at least the first six months. Come on, V1. Year, look, I'm, I have plans for this, y'all. This is the future. But um, <laughs> it's going to be about four people. And every six months, I reassess the situation with the client. Because uh, with the intake, their goals, the client sets. Mm-hmm. Have we met those goals? Um, what is what is some extra support you might need? Where are we right now? Um, okay, are you going to need an extra six months of therapy with me, or are you are you good here? Can I start to um, do the termination process, which is a slow process? It's not going to be, and you're done. Bye, leave my session, never come back. You're healed. No, it's 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 more of a mm. all right. Let's start the process of s- saying goodbye. Because like any other relationship, this one has been intense and people need time to say goodbye. That's why insurance companies just cutting people off of therapy is abusive and cruel because you just built a whole relationship with your therapist and then they just up and decided you only get like 15 sessions and that's not enough to really do anything with anybody. Um, And then you just get ripped away from somebody who was your main support system, which is why I also don't work with insurance companies. Because my clients will determine, my clients and their journey will determine when we're done seeing mm. e- e- each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I'm taking it so with myself. I'm very aware of w- what it will take, uh, the sacrifices that it will take. I also um, am trying to get other streams of income going mm-hmm. um, because eventually I would like to um, be doing mostly my private practice work. Um, I low-key hope that no one at my job hears this part, but um, I, I want to say I love my job and I'm not leaving anytime soon, right? <laughs> this, is, this is in the future, very far, but um, I, would, <laughs> I would like there to be a future in which I was the, the therapy work I was doing was just for my private practice yeah. and it was all for free yeah. and then I can do other things with my life and streams of income or not or just sleep more, set my schedule the way I want, the way my body wants it. Um, and kind Shout of out to that. look, it's, it sounds, it's a dream and it's a dream. I decided I, I want it. I don't necessarily want to be rich. I really don't want to be famous. I really wish I could, you know, do stuff I want to do and have no one know about me. But my, my brother tells me that's not realistic. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so there's that. Um, <laughs> I wish I could be a secret therapist providing free stuff, but then no one would ever know about me and that defeats the purpose so but i i i don't want a lot of things i just want to do stuff on my own time so i'm not late all the time because it's my own schedule (laughs) shout out to my boss thank you for understanding me (laughs) you're a real one shout out time is a social construct exactly same and i also love bosses who are like you 
showing up late is okay as long as you do the work like those are the best types of people because why do I need to show up on time just to show you that I can do the work because mm. it takes so much for me to just like get to where I need to go <laughs> to it. get to that job to be there to do the work let me let me get there like 15 minutes late 20 minutes late maybe now we're late I don't care <laughs> two shit <laughs> shit as I'm long here. as the work gets done. As long work. as the work gets done. <laughs> Are the clients mad? No, let it rock. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Now, if if the work isn't getting done, yes. if, you know, and also I think meetings are very important. Yes, yes, so like on time for meetings. Getting on time. So all that kind of stuff, yes. But like, if we just day to day getting to work, oh, thank you. Sorry. That is like a, a pet peeve when people are like, you have to be here on time. <laughs> especially when it's because oh it, it makes me look bad i'm like then change the environment of this workspace exactly. like, <laughs> i'm done with both of y'all no i feel you change, change the pierre <laughs> pierre we are on the same page okay i am done <sighs> what's one thing you wish people would stop doing once they find out you're a therapist okay look <laughs> Look, Pierre was like, I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> All my life. I've been waiting to tell you motherfuckers what to stop doing once y'all find. No, because it's to the point that I don't like telling people. Ooh. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, my brother's trying to help me come up with a job that I can lie and say I do. Because I know I want it, you know, I want a job that makes sense for my personality and what I can, but I, also, I, like, I, I, yeah, I gotta come I'm mad you really lie. trying to think about your fake job. Like, what's my job I'm gonna lie about? Come on. And I need to know en- enough about it so I can hold a conversation. Oh, it's come complicated. on. Come. It's complicated. I need a scam right. Come on, scam right. Look, you doing you the research. Correct. Look, are you really a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, because every single time I tell somebody that I'm a therapist, I, they just feed me their trauma or they want me to, like, to therapize them in the moment or, like, um, people slide in my dms all the time and not for like sexual reasons which i don't want please don't do that um like look if it's meant to be this is a great time to actually say this if it's meant to be it'll happen in the real world like don't slide in my dms for sexual reasons a few of you had and it should stop i'm not interested (laughs) cis men please leave me alone like if it's meant to be we'll meet in the real world like let it happen but like if if i if i don't meet you in the real world and we don't have the same hobbies and life stuff like don't don't send me dick pics no more stop asking me stop saying oh you from the bronx too yes i am and don't come looking for me because i am from the bronx anyway so like um Pierre, I'm done. Really important. So other than that, other than that, other people, uh, most of the time when people slide into my DMs, it's about um, they want uh, advice, which I can't ethically give as a therapist. They'll take my license from me, y'all. Um, they, I also can't help you with your specific situation or comfort you or anything like that because mm-hmm. you didn't sign an intake. It's not consensual. You know, for me, just like, because imagine, you know, I can have a whole nine to five job that sometimes runs a little late depending on the, the situation. And then, you know, I come on to Twitter um, and then there's just people in my DMs like begging me for help with their situations when I'm trying to use that 30 minutes to kind of like decompress and like, you know, I help in ways that I can, you know, me writing the website for free, um, me 
doing what I need to do to kind of open up this private practice, uh, the community gardening that I do on the side, um, the show that I do, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, um, you're doing a lot, Pierre. Yeah. Long story short, like you ain't got to you ain't got to prove nothing to us. Like you know, I, <laughs> or, the, or the bussy hive. Like we know. I you know it's like so, but a lot of people really think that they're the only person that day or that week or something to slide yeah. into my DMs, and a lot of people react really badly when I'm like, hey, so no, so I will just ignore y'all, real shit. Like I just y'all get ignored. Now I've written a lot of posts and threads about the right way to slide into my DMs, which is like you know, ask me for like. Like, you know, links or, you know, do I have any resources or have I written about this before? Mm. Can you write about this? You know, or, you know, if, if people wanted to come in to my DMs and say, hey, are you guys ever going to do an episode on da 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 I could also, like, I'm fine with bringing that to the team the next time mm-hmm. when people are thinking about what topics and I can either make that a topic or incorporate that into another topic. You know, there are definitely things I'm willing to do, but, um, in terms of like begging me for therapy and this happens in real life too. Like I was at a, 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 a barbecue and um, that's a barbecue. I was at a barbecue. <laughs> minding my to business. Get a rib. Oh, you, well, you ain't getting a rib. Corn. Yeah. Corn. Trying to get some corn. I was, I was minding my business, living my life. And somebody asked me what I did for a living. And, you know, I, one that's, you know, I love New York. I'm from here. And I can really can't see myself living anywhere else. And, you know, it is what it is. Because um, I will rep this city forever. The one little thing I do not like about living in New York is people ask you what you do. And I don't want to tell people what I do, but that's the question people ask. And so, you know, what do you do? I'm a therapist. Oh, that's so good of you. You do such good work. It must be so hard, you know, dealing with people's problems all the time. Yeah, so there's this thing that I'm really going through. Ah, ah, and- ah, y'all didn't see him count with his, you didn't see him count the three with his fingers. And, um, oh, that's so and they don't realize that they're doing the thing that they say it must be so hard that mm. people do. And get very defensive and upset. Um, when you don't want to provide labor to them. Mm. And it's like, look, I don't know you. I have no legal or ethical obligation to you. We didn't sign an intake or anything. Do you really want me while I'm eating, you know, my corn to like, to, to therapize you? Is that what you really want? Like, I'm trying to be civilian me. I'm trying to be, (laughs) you know, I'm just my off time. You know, what I, what I will say is like, I really need people to, respect the energy that i have i know that um this society doesn't really teach us to be respectful of of other people's like energy especially if new york doesn't teach you that no and and especially if the person you deem them to you know have a lot of followers or be be a public figure or in, in any way you expect someone to be on call to you and then you know if you're a healthcare professional people kind of expect you to be on call and beholden to people as well and um like i say online i'm not a healer i'm not an all-knowing whatever that's not what i'm here to do i'm just a person who's trained in these certain skills and i've decided to provide those skills for free to to y'all that's it i'm not necessarily somebody that i think that you know 
uh, people should necessarily look up to because I am human mm-hmm. and I grow and learn just like everyone else. I just, you know, would like everyone else to, you know, um, see the see that they have that power in themselves and kind of grow themselves. We are all growing together instead of waiting for someone to step up and kind of do the work for you, mm-hmm. uh, which is also linked to people coming up to me and kind of throwing their stuff at me. I'm not going to heal you. I'm not. That's not my job. That's not my role. That's not what I'm here to do. You heal you. I'm just here to show you the tools and to maybe, if you're my you know client, give you the space. Mm-hmm. But like other than that, you heal you. So do so. Go out and do that work. Mm-hmm. Don't don't think I'm going to wave a magic wand and solve your problems for you. It's not realistic. Ooh. All right. So seeing. <laughs> Perfect question. Perfect timing. Healing. Um, what has been your own personal healing journey and how has your practice, how has your, you know, yeah, how has your practice contributed to that journey? Um, yeah, I think my own personal healing journey has involved a lot of realizations about myself and about what my needs are, which have definitely grown and evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Um, excuse me. Whereas, like, kind of thinking I can do a lot of stuff by myself, for into kind of like learning the importance of having a circle of people that I trust, mm-hmm. how to vet people, and how to you know build fine you know and kind of learning the hard way mm-hmm. of you know people whether people are trustworthy and um, and making space to kind of reflect in myself and to kind of like. Um, and and also kind of prioritize what's important, like in terms mm-hmm. of like you know romantic relationships, and you know realizing that it's not the kind of relationship that makes it important; it's the connection you have with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, something I talk about a lot is people valuing romantic relationships above everything else, mm-hmm. and not you know um, growing their other relationships. And for me in my personal life, you know, taking the value and all the the emphasis out of romantic relationships and kind of putting them towards just the people that are trustworthy in my life, regardless of the title that they have, and kind of growing those relationships and kind of building community that way. And, um, And then kind of now coming to a place where I want um, as I said before we're learning how to set boundaries and how to maintain those boundaries and also how to also deal with people who don't know how to set boundaries themselves or don't feel comfortable setting boundaries and people's reactions to when you set boundaries you know you're not going to be the hero in everyone's story Hmm. And that's something that I had to really realize myself because I want to be, you know, like deep down, everyone kind of wants to be the hero every single time. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of times you are not going to be and kind of like taking responsibility for your actions and what you did, but not taking responsibility for more than what you did. Right. And sometimes, you know, people are going to interpret and, uh, Actually, I'll continue that sentence and then I'll add something to it. People are going to interpret you setting boundaries as you keeping things from them or you, you know, um, as you blocking them from from the the parts of you they feel entitled to. Mm. And, you know, and 
acknowledging when that's the case, but also not using boundaries to like punish people because that's not boundaries and not using boundaries to change people's behaviors. Like I'm not going to talk to you and that's going to make you change because you're going to feel the hurt of me not being in your life. That's not boundaries. That's trying to control someone versus, okay, you've been engaging in these behaviors and that is hurting me. So I'm just going to pull away. Mm-hmm. Whether you change or not change, mm-hmm. that's you. But I know that I can't deal with this. It's hurting me, so I'm going to leave. Um, you know, the, those sorts of things. Um, and the way it's been kind of helping my uh, private practice is, as I said before, trying to being realistic about what I can handle um, and also being careful of who I l- allow around me because um, when people see that you're actually a, a, about to do something, mm-hmm. and that you're about you're a, about to, um, you know, hit your goals, or even actually before that, when when you're in the time of your life when you're you're struggling, and you're trying to get where you need to get, that's when a lot of people reveal them, themselves um, to you. And it, it hurts to have to let those people go. But it's like something that I've learned is that because, you know, if you were to speak to me two years ago or so, I was in a really rough time, mm-hmm. really rough. And during that time, a lot of people uh, either fell by the wayside or chose to fell, fall by the wayside. Or I had to literally had to cut some people off from my own health. Um, and uh, realizing that a lot of people are going to um, inadvertently kind of block you from where you need to go. Or there are people who are going to feel so entitled to you that it's going to drain you and you're not going to have the energy to do the things that you need to do or not going to be able to think clearly. Mm. And um, it's hard knowing when that's happening. And that's why it's important to have a trusted chosen circle that might, that might be important for why people should go into to therapy if they want to. Mm-hmm. But you need somebody um, to kind of look at the parts of yourself that you can't see. And maybe that will help you kind of know when it's time to leave or when it's time to for some sort of change. Um, but yeah, that's this private practice and knowing that I was going to do this has stopped me and or saved me from a lot of different things because hmm. this has been my goal for years and there are a lot of things in a lot of situations I didn't allow myself to be in and uh, a lot of things in people that I had to stop dealing with because I knew if I kept them in my life it would stop me from doing the th- to, to getting to where I need to be mm-hmm. hmm. um, so that's why I definitely tell people to set goals for themselves even mm-hmm. if it's small even if it's like you know what's What's some? What's one thing that small thing you could do today that will make t- tomorrow a, a little bit easier for yourself? Mm. And set those short-term goals and long-term goals, and see you know see how that makes you feel. Accomplishing those small things mm-hmm. that eventually will add up, and also see who kind of gets uncomfortable when you start to do things for yourself. Yeah, and just take note of that. Mm. But yeah. Feel that. Hmm. Okay. Um, I do have a question. We didn't put it in the the list, but um, so, but I did want to talk to you and and just let me know if uh, you'd be willing to talk about this. But um, your speech impediment mm-hmm. and just like how you 
one, a lot of the thing, a lot of the work that you do involves you like speaking with people and all this. So, so how has that kind of like that journey kind of like helped you like in your life? Like how has, how have you grown and all of that? Um, I think that, uh, it is, it's never gotten any easier to deal with people like the, mm-hmm. the, the speech impediment has kind of eased up over the years. Um, but obviously it's not going to go anywhere yeah um and it's like um it's what makes it hard is kind of dealing with other people and a lot of the systemic things that kind of come in the way like a lot of job interviews might require speaking on the phone and that has been really hard or i've also lost job opportunities because people just like can someone with a speech impediment be a good therapist um and then there's always this moment uh with any supervisor that I've ever had where they realize that they're actually lucked up, not me. Hmm. Um, where they realize the quality of therapists that they've managed to get. And it's like, because they gave me a chance, they got more than they bargained for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, whenever I leave a job, there's a, a, a loss there. Um, there's always a hole that somebody has um, done to fill mm-hmm. um, just because of the quality of work that I bring and also the rapport that I have with clients mm-hmm. um, I do things like explain the speech impediment to them which takes like a minute yeah. um, mm-hmm. and I explain that I've had this speech impediment my whole life that it's not about being like nervous or um, or it's not about anxiety uh, it's really it's like you know I try to basically tell them it's not you this is going to happen where it happened. It's a lot of the time it's about a new situation and not really the person. Mm. And once I get comfortable and that's me specifically, not all people with, uh, with my speech impediment mm-hmm. feels this way. It's like different per person. You're speaking mm-hmm. for yourself. Right? Yeah. I'm literally, I'm speaking for myself. Um, but, um, the new situations, uh, um, can, or like speaking on the phone, that kind of thing like so mm. th- those things I can't make eye contact and I like knowing that there's a person there mm. um, but um, so when I'm speaking in person and I guess I'm not being recorded and it's just like a one on one conversation I don't really stutter that much mm-hmm. like a, a people tend to forget I have a speech impediment mm-hmm. which is always really funny to me um, because uh, for me I, I'm aware of it it comes mm-hmm. up like every um but once I, but yeah, I was going to say, does it come up every day? And I'm like, uh, yeah, about, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the part of the reason why I kind of just want to do my private practice is because, uh, being beholden. And again, I'm very lucky that I'm, I'm glad I have this job. We like, love this job. <laughs> so we great. stand this job. So great. This job is wonderful. <laughs> I'm really I'm not leaving. I really <laughs> my Don't be scared. I'm not leaving. This job is the Beyonce of jobs. Okay. Because okay. no, because they'll get they'll get scared. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm not scared. Like, I know you're staying. <laughs> yes, it's very stable. We're talking stability at this job. Yeah. Right? Shout out to stability. Consistency. A good boss. <laughs> like I always bring to the table. Consistency. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, up in the far future, I one of the reasons why I want to just work on the private practice mm-hmm. is because um, it'll be really nice to be in a work situation where everyone knows I have a speech impediment, mm-hmm. um, where I'm not beholden to anyone to provide therapy, um, because honestly, 
I mean, yeah, therapy is a job because it's it, this is the job I'm doing right now, but it's not necessarily the kind of paying job I saw for myself. Like, mm. this is something I want to do, but this isn't something I want as a job. Like, I mm. want to provide free therapy, I guess, as a hobby. I mm. guess I want this to be my hobby, um, but, I, but the way that systems work and the way that things are, um, I need to have it be my career before it can be my hobby. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why I'm working on other sources of income so that eventually this can just be something I do and not something I am. Because um, I'll love, I'll love this way more when I'm, it's just something I'm doing for my people. <laughs> something I'm doing versus something I am. That was a word. That was a word. And I don't think I've ever had that. No, that's what I'm saying. I was saying. like, bitch. I had to think of it. I always confuse like my job. I'm really I'm trying to like learn not to do that, but I confuse my career or working with who I am as an individual and base my worth a lot of times on the type of job that I have or the type of job that I secure. And that's some bullshit. Mm. But that's it's, it's stressful. <laughs> it's so it's stressful. Fun, that kind of life. It, it, but I also feel like that's just because me and Amber both work in entertainment, yeah. so I think that just kind of is our our feel. But I also think that like I also, and I think to the same degree, like I can imagine your job is very much who you are. Like you yeah. know, um, I think it just really depends on the career field. But I also think sometimes I feel like. I feel like any career in particular that is kind of like based on the city too. Cause I feel like a lot of what me and Amber do like is based on the air. Like you can't, mm. you can't do television. You can only do television in like three cities in the, the world, in the United States. That's true. You know what I'm saying? You can only work in, inter- for me, I work in entertainment PR, so I can only work in entertainment PR and like, like two, yeah. two, like, so it's mm. like, I think, that in itself kind of creates that idea too because it's like you're literally you have to move from where you're you're from which a lot of times for, for me and Amber we're both so from, true. from, from the Midwest. Midwest and we moved to New York or to Atlanta and or LA and we kind of like took on these cities that really have their own personalities mm-hmm. ooh yeah, New York the ghetto uh <laughs> But I, yeah. I love but, my ghetto. <laughs> I love. Look, let me be clear. <laughs> I love. It's a love hate relationship. I love New York. It's my first love. It probably is the only. Thing. Anyways, mm. but yeah, it's my first love. But it's like I always tell people, your first love is like the place that takes you through like the most twists and turns. <laughs> And that's what New York has done to me is take me through a lot of twists and turns and oh lead me down to mm-hmm. a bloody pope and then pick me back up. But anyways, this is not about me. Pierre. <laughs> so we are going to go into thought. Yes. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, you've mentioned that you vet cis man hard. <laughs> Emphasis on hard. <laughs> hard. Um, before having sex with them. What does your vetting process look like? Yeah, so um, something that I've, I've spoken about before is that mm-hmm. I, with a, a, a lot of assessment uh, in particular, uh, it's not about sexual compatibility. Mm-hmm. It's like they, like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I, I want you, so I'm going to get you, period, done. 
like I've decided whatever that is, right? It's mm-hmm. like whatever thing, whether it's the, the a body part they want or your vibe or mm. whatever it is that they've decided that they want about you, they didn't make an assessment as to whether um, they're a match for you or you're a match for them or whether the two of you will make each other happy. And I'm not talking about love and relationships because I'm not really looking for that all that <laughs> time now. You know, I'm not really looking for that. Come on, so, yeah, let but, them know. No, it's real. It's real. You know, don't want to waste nobody's time and nothing. That's rude, right? Shout out to you. Shout out to But even if you're just looking for a, a one-night stand, looking for people that who are compatible with that and who want that too will save people so much drama and time and also you know there's this thing where people think that if you're having a casual fling with someone you have to be cold and like throw them out right after sex mm. and you know it's it's not just the straight people that think this too a whole lot of queers especially like you know queer cis men tend to kind of fall in that vibe as well and it's like um if you took the time to vet people properly you wouldn't have to do that because if you guys were all on the same page and the both of you know that neither of you want a relationship then you can cuddle with them and have a meal with them and do whatever feels good and you don't have to fear that they're trapping you because neither of you want to be trapped because the both of you already talked about it and if you don't trust that person, don't fuck that person. How about that? How about that? Another word. How about that? Oh, if you don't that trust that, that person, person, don't, don't fuck, fuck that person. If you think that they're the Where type of person. Where were you when I needed you? <laughs> if you don't Damn. trust I, I, that person, I, 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 I said, don't, don't fuck, fuck that, that person. person. Ooh, child. Where were you when I needed oh. you? Because look, I just, I never understand. It's like, oh, well, this person's trying to trap me. Then why are you fucking them? Like, just like, if you really feel that way, then they're not a trustworthy person to be around. Then how can you trust them to do other things like keep the condom on or take their birth control every day? Or do they really have an IUD in them? How can you know? How do you know if you don't trust them? Are they taking Truvada or... Discovy? Discovy. Okay. Yeah. How do you know they're taking their prep every day? If you can't trust... That they are that when they tell you I don't want a relationship, that they don't want a relationship, then just end it there and keep going until you find somebody who you do. So, yeah, a, because a lot of cis men have this conquest thing going on, mm. um, they they don't care. They don't think that a lot. Honestly, to be real, a lot of uh, cis men don't know what good sex feels like. I've had my best sex not with cis men. <laughs> And it's sad. No, because I want better. No, I want better. I want better. This isn't... I want better. I want better. I want better for cis men. I want better. I want better. Because it could be better. It could be so much better. And... The reason why I'm laughing, y'all, is because Savoy has knocked his microphone just, like, clean out the way. Like, clean out the way. Because, like, you know what? A lot of the stuff that it gets sprung on as a surprise have no, has no business being surprises. And um, a lot of the stuff that a lot of cis men want, if you just cleared it in advance and didn't fuck that person if they weren't into that shit. Look, if you like choking, wonderful. Clear it first. And everyone who doesn't like choking, leave them alone. And yes, they may be so sexy. They might really just fucking do it for you. And it could be, look, that person could be everything you've ever wanted. But the sex is going to be trash if y'all 
all not into the same stuff. Like speaking as someone who's done like gink for a long time, like I've I've been in well, I was in the kink scene publicly years ago, but I'm more like low key now. But I've been into kink for over ten years. And I know what it feels like to see somebody from across the room that you visually, you fuck with heavy and you just, mm, the things, right? I, f- I fuck with it. And then, but then you talk to them and you're just like, you're into X, Y, and Z and I'm into A, B, C and they ain't no way I'm letting X come near me. So, um, I guess I'll just, I fuck you for 10 seconds and let you go and let you float out into the world. <laughs> And then, no, I've had to let a lot of people go. Float out into Let them go. That's not for you. Let someone else. What's for you is for you. You know that thing? Like yes. It's like that. That person's not for you. Because you know what? I'm telling you. When you have sex with somebody who's compatible with you, who's into the same shit you're into, even if it's, you know, just like um, intercourse and like vanilla sex, air quotes, just that, even just vanilla sex needs compatibility compatibility because there's a lot of ways you can Ooh, have you got a lot sex. of words even vanilla oh. sex needs compatibility yeah. yes i'm pierre look i'm telling you because <laughs> yes. i've done a lot of field work <laughs> come on come on field work come on field work come on field work i've done a lot of field work i am weak focus groups with everyone i feel like i've really got a wide sense of stuff so i'm just saying you know a lot of different people from a lot of walks of life and what i've been determined is that you got to talk to people first and you got to you know hash out your needs in advance because the quality of sex that you have when you and that person are on the same page and everything that you that you agreed to whip out during sex is wanted and they're on this like look that is versus all the you know all the rejection that people feel when they want to try something and the person responds in a way that they didn't like Mm. maybe you should have brought that up in advance but see sometimes you get like a surprise though Mm. like sometimes like the first time i got choked i didn't know i like choking and he didn't ask that's dangerous that is very dangerous like no it's very dangerous dangerous. but i'm just letting you know that had i had not been choked i would have never known i liked it i think (laughs) i think that person probably should have been like you know what what really really just like turns me on if i choked you are you into that shit Mm -hmm. and then if you were like "Mm, i don't know maybe then then try it or if you said no you know could have been like you know what how about you think about it and if you're still no, then no. And if yes, then we'll try it. Okay. Um, just because there are a lot of people who have a, a whole lot of horror stories because someone pulled something out in the, the middle. Yeah. Um, so it's like, let's avoid all of that. And just, and yes, it's a lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about sex. But if you don't have it, then talk about it. If you don't have, have it, it, then talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. I I like that okay. a lot. I um am like dating someone and we've been talking like a lot about sex, like what we want, what we don't want because um I have a lot of like sexual trauma and I'm instead of like but I love sex and I mean sex is great, but like it scares me a lot of time having sex with new people. And so um 
I think it has been like really helpful to have those conversations because it helps me like trust the other person also like making sure that like he knows like my boundaries like what I'm like absolutely not okay with what I am okay with what I'm like I'm I'm actually one of those people who's like I'm willing to try most things so as long as we you ask or like do those things like I think I'm okay with so I think it's been I think um, the older that I've gotten, because I think before we we learn like, oh, people should know how to have sex, you know, oh, he should know he should know what I want, you know, he should he should intuitively get it. But like, that's not usually the case. And then sometimes those that thinking can kind of also lead to sexual trauma, as you were talking about. So I think that's been very helpful. I I still haven't had sex with this person. Um, I want to have sex with this person. Uh, but I think right now I'm just trying to honor that I don't feel comfortable all the time, like just going straight into sex with new people that I don't know. I need to like get a little warmed up. And so maybe this, this is my like way of getting my bussy eaten out, you know, like talking about it. That's the foreplay right now is like opening me up. So we can let it in. <laughs> <I hate you. laughs> Anyways. Um, would you ever date another men- another mental health professional? Why or why not? I have. Oh, actually. What was that experience like? Um, you know, something that I Because I would never date another publicist. <laughs> It, it depends on producer. It depends. It depends uh, what uh, type. Uh, uh, yeah, you know what? It, come on. <laughs> no, for me, it's like we can't be wanting the same things. Our goals can't be the same. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it's hard because I've always been very focused on myself and my own kind of thing. Like I'm not in competition with anybody but myself Mm. like I have my like my goals are my goals my dreams are my dreams and I'm gonna I'm just trying to reach for that I don't really want what a lot of other therapists tend to want when they go into this career Mm. um I don't tend to want um a lot of other things in terms of like notoriety or the amount of money that someone can and cannot make Mm -hmm. or going into like academia or you know X, Y, and Z, um, and, uh, so, so as a result, I kind of am just focusing on just providing quality care and just doing what I want to do, but, um, I think, like, a, a, a lot of times, even when you're just, like, trying to build a co-working relationship with, um, some, some other therapists, especially people around my age, mm-hmm. they can feel, like, in competition with me mm-hmm. and I tend to only befriend and get close to other therapists who have their own goals and their own dreams and expectations and um, and I think that's what um, th- and peop- and therapists who feel secure in their own skills because mm. um, that just like any other profession mm-hmm. you know you there uh, two people of the same profession one or both might feel in competition with each other um, there might be questioning one's own skills instead of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of being sure in yourself. Um, and in general, I only want to date somebody 
I was confident in their own skills and their own abilities and their own goals because I've dated a lot of different people that even though they weren't therapists, they felt they felt some ways because um, I've kind of always generally known what I want to do and what mm-hmm. what where I was going, and that makes a lot of people very un- uncomfortable. It does. Um, <laughs> when you have a surety in yourself, yeah. um, and cause, cause also it's like, I, um, an, another thing also is that people expect because we are rom- in a romantic relationship that they get top priority in my life, mm-hmm. that I have to drop everything and whatever. And that all my other relationships, um, have to fall by the wayside because now they are here. And that's not how I work. Like, first things first, I come first. And then after that, my chosen family comes first. And um, then everyone else. And it's like, it's about the quality of relationship. It's about the history that we have. If someone's been in my life for 10 years and you just got here, but you want me to, you know, cancel plans, or you want me to come to you with all of my problems and not my close tight-knit mm. circle and you feel some type of way or you know you want me to save all of my intimacy for you and it's like you know th- th- those sorts of things come up regardless of the, the career that somebody has and um it's really just trying to find people who um are confident in themselves and their own dreams and their goals and can have their own stuff going on without needing to kind of, um, without needing to be my everything or me needing to be their everything or feeling like I need to, uh, compete with them, which is hard for everybody. <laughs> I love when me and Savoy just be quiet. Like we just be like, "Whoo!" <laughs> I just remember one time. <laughs> I always remember one time my father. Um, shout out to Tony. Um, told me he was like, "Yeah, ain't no man ever gonna be okay with you with knowing that, that they job your job is always gonna be more important than them." And I was like, "Well, damn." <laughs> Hey, I didn't feel that way. I don't feel that way, but I was like, well, damn. Well, <laughs> I guess I ain't going to have no man. <laughs> I think that, that's something. But, Go ahead. But but also, I was, it was 20, I was, that was, ooh, was eight years ago. So I don't know if he feels, still feels that same way. Yeah. There are certain things that parents say that you, that just still haunt you. But I don't yeah. think, I feel like I don't think that that's necessarily true yeah because i also don't, don't think don't think my job is number one especially not at this time i think at that time it really was number one like if you weren't at that time if you weren't a work if it wasn't work i did not give a fuck mm-hmm. um i think now as i've just gotten older i just i personally just other things like myself yeah <laughs> living life I think it's about finding boarding. someone who is like evenly yoked to you yeah, and exactly. has the same expectations. Yeah. And like that's where the, the the vetting process again comes in. It's like vetting people at every level, you know, whether it's like sexually or, you know, um, whether they have the same goals that you, you know, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that kind of thing. Ooh, 
Shout out to vetting. Yeah. Um, what three traits are most important to you when choosing a mate? Um, I kind of, I need someone who has a lot of their own stuff going on. Okay. Um, cause I always have a lot of my stuff going on and I, I've always had, like, I've always been busy. Like there's never, really never been, even when I was like, um, like even when unemployed, I've somehow have a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> uh, so um, it's like a, I, um, on some level, I really enjoy having a lot of things to do, which is why I keep putting myself in situations like this. But um, <laughs> um, it's it's rough dating someone who doesn't have as much stuff going on mm-hmm. and who doesn't enjoy being as active as I am. Like I don't want to be someone you see once a week or multiple times a week. I want to be like an appointment you have. Where it's like, you know, are you free on this date? Yes, I'm free on this date. Great, we'll see each other on, on this date. All right, cool. Well, you have other things that you're doing and I have other things that I'm doing, so go and live your life. Hey, are you free on this date? Yes, I am free on this date. Um, I've tried being in relationships where uh, I was seeing that person multiple times a week and I wasn't happy. And I tried being with people who I saw like every weekend. And the older I got, the more it wasn't feasible. Mm-hmm. with my career and with all the other things I have going on and I started to feel like guilty for not having the energy and the spoons and mm-hmm. the availability that I used to have and it's just like you know realizing that you know um one I'm 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 not monogamous so that kind of relationship isn't a setup but also the traditional ways of framing relationships and Mm -hmm. how much time you have to spend with somebody to kind of show that you care about them like i guess in person time and it's like you thankfully with technology you can still talk to somebody and still be there for someone and still support them but like i guess treating romantic partners the way that we treat friends like you don't expect your best friend to come to your house three times a week I mean, yeah, three times a week, you know, you still know that you, that, that person is your friend, even though you, um, you might see them like twice a month Mm -hmm. and be calling them. You still know that the love is there. It's like, what's so different, I guess, about, um, romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I know that it's not for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of where the, the vetting comes from. Yeah. And a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them that I'm like this. Yeah. Um, because again, it's about conquest for a lot of people and not just cis men. For a lot of people, it's about conquest. Mm -hmm. They decide that they want you or the idea of you Mm -hmm. and then they go for you, um, regardless of what you might tell them. You know, and I tell a lot of people I'm not monogamous and I tell a lot of people about where romantic relationships are in terms of my priorities. And a lot of people think that they can like change me or X, Y, and Z and then become very saddened or upset when they realize that I'm not going to stop my life for, mm-hmm. for them. It's like the same way that I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want. I'm very attracted to people who have a lot of stuff going on. I want to hear about your day mm-hmm. in exhaustive detail. 
Like, I want to know. No, I want to know all the the drama, and I'll, I'll start knowing people's names. We'll come up with nicknames for them so we can talk about them, and they won't know because we'll have text messages, and I'll be like, mm, so, so suspect A, and we'll know that that's your supervisor, and so now we can talk shit about suspect A, and your supervisor won't know. Amber is smiling because this is some messy-ass shit that she would I do this all the time. I, I need it. a nickname. One is, I feel like is helpful for people to re- to remember like for myself like i'm not always going to remember your supervisor's uh name but i'm going to remember suspect a you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so like that helps me too and then also you can talk shit about that person and they don't know yeah i love i i, I want to hear about all the different things you have going on like your family obligations you know whatever work that you're doing or work that you're not doing your hobbies i want to know all of those things and so it's like, um, you know, I, 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 I want to, I don't, I don't want to feel like that person's kind of just waiting for me to come home mm-hmm. or waiting for me to come to them. Cause a lot of resentment kind of builds from that where it's like, oh, you're so busy doing X, Y, and Z. You don't have time for me where it's just like, or you could also be doing a whole lot of stuff. And whenever our schedules free up, we see each other. So I'm just a part of the greatness that is your life. And you're kind of just sharing your life with me. And that's kind of what I'm looking for and want with someone. I like that. I I do. I probably need to see you a little bit more than two times a month. month, But I like that. Yeah. I just, um, I think, uh, yeah, I've, 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 I feel like that, um, once a week I found for me personally is too much um, Mm. just because of all like the cooking for my family that I do Mm. and I actually want to be alone a lot of the time on weekends Mm. and then there's like family time so it's like and my family comes first like my my chosen family comes first like I have to build those um, relationships so it's like um, I guess it's kind of the understanding of get in where we fit in yeah. Like I, I don't want it to be a, we have to see each other, you know, four, two to four times a month. It, it's more of a, okay, this is my availability. Mm-hmm. What's your availability? Yeah. And then it becomes more of the joy of seeing each other and yeah. less about the obligation. To do so. Love that. I like the idea of it. Once again. <laughs> With going along with Amber, but no, no, no disrespect to what you like. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like the idea of the joy part of yeah, it. Yeah, the obligation part I like too. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm kind of struggling. I'm trying to like kind of hold back a little bit, but if I like you, I'm like, okay, we're gonna see each other every single day. That's just because I like want to see you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes that makes me move a little bit faster than i would like to so maybe i want to be able to like spread it out a little bit like it's almost like a snack that like instead of just like eating the whole snack right then they're like enjoy it a little bit you know save Mm, a little bit for later yeah let's savor the moment i'm always like let's eat it now i hate you (sighs) How do you think being from New York has shaped your dating experience or the way you date? Um, you, if you want time to think about it, I can, because I 
asked me. You want to answer this question? I want to talk to Amber about this real quick because I feel like one thing that, like, for me, having dated the Midwest, then dating here, like the idea. Recently, I had a situation where even though the date didn't come to come to fruition, like he was like, "Oh, I'll just pick you up," and I was like, "You gonna? I'm gonna ride in the car with you." The Midwest dude? Yeah, like, and I was like, that was so, like, foreign to me because I hadn't done that in so long. Yeah. Like, the idea of a dude, like, picking me up. Yeah. And I was like, I really have been dating in New York so long that the idea of somebody picking me up felt, like, scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, that's an example. How you think that is, like, shaped? That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, what I... I I definitely have taken advantage of like the freedom of it all, mm-hmm. and I like, can leave whenever I want to leave, or I can like you know because I've 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 definitely done, um, I've definitely been in relationships and also have had like hookup scenarios where the person lived in a place where that was far from any sort of public transit mm-hmm. and I was reliant on either a car or something and and especially. Um, some uh, from Fargo when like Lyft and Uber and all that mm-hmm. didn't exist and so you know you were kind of reliant on the person to drive you anywhere and those situations have been kind of few and far in between and I'm very happy about that um, I think something also about New York is that I'm very like I don't feel like um, if I'm rejected I don't really feel any way about it. Like, I'm, it's very easy for me to kind of let go and move on mm-hmm. because there's so many people in this city. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, if you aren't into me, someone is like, fine. Yeah. It's like it doesn't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, okay, we'll move on to the n- next one mm-hmm. kind of situation. I imagine if maybe my pool of dating were smaller, it would maybe hurt a little bit more. Mm. Um, I think also... Uh, the hosting and not hosting and like um you know where's the person going to come do you trust them to come to your house this absolute stranger do you feel comfortable coming to their house you know because like you could get robbed or they could rob you that's true though or like you know are you gonna meet at a hotel and then like um suddenly the the the, the van from the show cheaters shows up and now you got cheaters you know what? You know, this, like, all these considerations in you New York what? that you have to think about. You know what? I'm still just- <laughs> the van from Cheaters. I... These are things you have to think about now that Cheaters is still going on. With, what's his name? Um, from Love and Hip Hop? Peter Guns. Peter yeah. Guns. I'm, Wait, Peter Guns? I'm really, really sad that he's doing that because I really love Cheaters. Yeah. <laughs> when did this happen? This is new. This yeah, is a new development. Brand new. He's oh my god! Be the host of Cheaters, which I'm like, I mean, how does that work? Is, is he going to be like he knows cheap. what it's like? Yeah, is that how he's going to? But I also it? feel like he's going to help the cheater. You know, is he because like, <laughs> he wasn't very good at cheating? True, but he might like nor taking care of his. Children. He might give. He might give. He doesn't know how to talk to people. You're right. Like, you're right. You're right. But you know, it's still it's still happening. So you know, everyone be careful out there. You don't want the cheetah's van to roll through. I hate you. Okay, last question. What would you tell your younger self about dating? Um, what would I tell my younger self about dating? I would tell my younger self to just because somebody is into you doesn't mean you should be with them. 
Mm. You know, you get so caught up in the feeling of being wanted that you kind of just like, no, let's just do this. Like, when is the next time this is going to fall through again? Like this, the scarcity of love kind of thing where it's like in when in reality, um, it's not that love is scarce. It's really just kind of relying on romantic love to be the love that's the most meaningful to you. Mm. And when you have lots of different loves going on in your life, it's a lot easier to kind of wait for a person that's more compatible for you yeah. instead of just latching on to somebody because they also want you. So I would tell myself to kind of chill. Love that. Shit, I just told you just told myself that. <laughs> um, all right, so now we can go into Bird Confessions. These are rapid fire questions. I want okay. you to really step into, I want you to pretend you are a person on Cheaters. Okay. Like oh, you yeah. are a bird. You, you are, are a bird. bird. Yeah. Okay. I've, watched, I've watched enough Cheaters, I can do this. Okay, what kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, ostrich, owl, penguin, or peacock? Um, go eagle. Okay, come mm-hmm. on. Um, what would you name? What name would you give Lori Harvey's autobiography? Mm-hmm. I'm just here for a good time, not a long time. Good job. <laughs> good job. Good job, Pierre. Pierre. <laughs> I'm just here for a good time, not a long. A queen. a queen. A queen. Come on. A autobiography. I'm a- picking that up. Okay. <laughs> Pre-ordering. <laughs> that was a good answer that was a good answer all right what would your stripper name be and what would be your go-to song oh man um uh, i think i uh, mm, i honestly don't know i've never thought about this before (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what you mean being in performing in public what uh okay so i guess i would probably uh call um i honestly have no clue i feel like it should be something with like doctor yeah or like doctor feel good doctor feel good okay okay like that okay but um yeah i think honestly it would be a mix of like very millennial things because um well, with some except with some except, like I do like some old school stuff because you have to catch like the men in their sixties. Um, just you know, it's very important. So you have to make, throw some stuff in there. That's Pierre, a very important. You get get out of here, Pierre. Very important. <laughs> that you hit all age groups Pierre, while, make sure. while popping that pussy. But Pierre. you know, it's, hit the men in there, like because you know you don't really want to catch them in their forties because they're recently divorced, so they just want to wild out. But they're kind of frugal because they're you know they just got divorced, so you want to wait until they're a little older. But then I also want to perform millennial music because that makes me feel some type of way. I feel I feel really into myself. So you know, and <laughs> I'm done. So you know, um, but there'd be like a nice range, like all the stuff, like um, like the R and B, the hip hop, the rock music that we all kind of went to high school with. Yeah, it would be that high school and the and college, all of that, and then some random oldies because I need to let my older fans know that they're appreciated. And Not my, my older money. fans, the boy. What's You're it? so appreciated, the boy. What's the next? I'm question? so done. I'm out. I'm <laughs> my older fans, Pierre. Woo. 
you are featured on a Maury episode. What is the show topic? Is he the baby's father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend, unruly teenager. I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, it would be I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. Okay, I, I felt it in you. <laughs> um, the name of your sex tape would be. Um, it would be um. Um, I guess I would probably. Hmm. I really want to say Hannibal for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what? Are you <laughs> eat? No, no, you, no know, well. you know what? Don't ask no more okay. questions. <laughs> Just let it go. Let it go. Hannibal. Okay. <laughs> what city of love and hip hop would you rather be on? Miami, New York, Atlanta, or Hollywood? Um, you know what? I. I actually would prefer to be in the one in New York okay. just so I can tell, you know, people that they don't have to only hook up in cars anymore. Okay. And I just want people to really just, it's cold. Like, maybe I just need to do some advocacy. Like, if he won't take you upstairs, it's time to move on. Okay. All right. Your dream tray can only possess your dream tray can only possess one main attribute ever so over here right now. No, if he don't take you upstairs, maybe it's time to move on. Ooh. Okay, sorry that took me down. Okay, one main attribute: a grill, a nice car, a neck tattoo, a regular weed habit. Mm, a car. Okay. Um, would you rather someone spit in your mouth or your butt? My mouth. Okay. That one wasn't surprising. Not, not at all. I, I, <laughs> not at all. Based on what we've learned about Pierre today. <laughs> yes. That was, not, that was not at all surprising. <laughs> My celebrity capsule collection would be with Fashion Nova, Target, H&M, or Pretty Little Things. Um, man, I can't fit into any of those things. Um... <laughs> Your bird though, so you can you yeah, can your body true, done, so true, you can fit true, into true. anything. That's true. Well, in that case, and you also mainly wear spandex. Fashion Nova, then, okay, because I'm going to show some shit off then. Ah 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 ah! If I'm to, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right. You gonna get this? You gonna get that ass done? Everything. Woo! All right. My the most iconic thought of all time to you is. Oh, the most iconic of all time. I guess, like, Lil' Kim. Okay. Um, just because I'm from here, and I've been watching her career my whole life. And um, she is really inspirational in a lot of ways. And I just, I want her to be, I hope, I hope that her life has been as full as it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. And I hope it becomes even more full as much as it, it is possible. Yeah. I just, I want her to be happy. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. 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 All right. So now we're going to do Zaddy of the Week, which is one man we are crushing on right now who we, you know, feel like deserves <laughs> their bussy flowers. Um, and what's wrong? I just thought of someone. <laughs> I hate you. All right. So this can be anyone, Pierre. Okay. Anywhere. Okay. Anyone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So who is your Zaddy of the Week? So like I actually f- forgot about this person for a little bit, and then um, I was <laughs> I was um, I was watching TV, and uh, with some of my fam, and they were like, "Look, it's Moonlight," 
and I saw Trevante Rhodes again. And look, it's just, you know what? I'm look. upset because it's like, I'm like, okay, look, don't, can, if I could just, you know how in, in like, um, all that show where you could like mute people so you can't see them and you could block them on mm-hmm. uh, um, the, 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 the black mirror. Oh, um, Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. But I haven't there's seen like, I haven't seen that episode or seen that show. There's 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 like an episode where you could literally mute people so you can't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I could just do that for attractive straight men, because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't need to see them anymore. If you're not, if you like, I'm over it. It's a waste of my time, and I'm over it. So yes, yes, Trevante, I find you very attractive. Yes, you win. Um, you said you win. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me there. But I really would love it if I could just not see attractive straight men. That'd mm, be great. Same. <laughs> or if they could all just be gay. You know, I can't control that, so I just want to not see them. Okay, that's fair. Amber, who's your zaddy of the week? Okay, I think we talked about this on the podcast because of Team Dark Skin when I was talking about Martin Luther King uh, and lusting after him. And then there's also this picture of Malcolm right now. And I'm just thinking about what if I were back in the 1960s (laughs) to get a threesome with Martin and Malcolm? What? I mean... Oh wait! I the pussy what? of the civil I, rights like, era. <laughs> like what? Wouldn't that be iconic? And <laughs> <laughs> really, at the end, he, well, you know what? At least we not have Black History Month no more. So I'm fine with it. I'm gonna I'm move forward. Oh, you I, did choose the right. <laughs> Yeah. Good for you. That's yeah. great timing. Great timing. We're not even black. Like, a fucking just. Somebody out there feel me though. I'm sure. <sighs> I'm. <laughs> Fucking so those are my zaddies of the week. Not those are my zaddies of the week. Anyway, um, I'm going. <laughs> so yes, stand in your truth. Go ahead, stand in your truth. I respect that. Stand in your Say truth. Say it with your chest. I love it. I hate you. Um, mine's is going to be um this lovely young man by the name of Curtis Bryant. Um. Who I actually told on Twitter or no on Instagram, Instagram. They I was like, I'm developing I think I'm developing crush on you. Um he's like, Oh, don't make me blush. And I was like, I'm just letting you know. Um he's very tall and lengthy and brown skinned, so of course, um, which is not usually my type. Um well not the tall and lengthy part because I usually like Um Shout out to Short Man. Uh, short Kings, as I like to call yeah, them. Yeah, let's call them Short Kings, please. Short Kings. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Curtis. A beautiful man. Um, speaking of vetting. <laughs> never mind. Um, but shout out to Curtis. Kind of shout out to Curtis Bryant, a man. 
Um, okay, Bad Bitch Hall of Fame, which is one woman we feel like deserves her flowers. It can be anyone, your mother, celebrity, whoever. Who's your Bad Bitch Hall of Fame entry? Mama. Come on. Mama. Uh, yeah, because like, I realize that like the older I get, the more I realize just how like, awesome she is. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always known... We've always been really close, so I've always known she was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like the older I get, the more I realize how much we have in common. Mm. And like she's never surprised by anything I do, like anything I do. And it's I think it's partially um, because we have so much in common and also because she just loves really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so and she's just she's done almost everything and been through almost everything. And she's real. Like she's she's a real one. Um, and she's taught me a lot about st- standing in my truth mm. and not being afraid of, of at least like not showing people I'm afraid. Okay. Um, and just like, she is, she is s- something else. Um, and she knows, she knows how it feels. I tell her all the time. Aww. So, um, but yeah, sh- she's definitely, um, an, an entry for me. Come on. Amber, who's your bad bitch hall of fame? I'm struggling with this one. Mm. Um, do you have somebody? I do have somebody. Go ahead. Let me um, think I am going to go with someone who, um, and I don't know what this randomly hit my spirit, so this must be right. Um, Elise Wright, who is my mentor. Um, shout out to Elise. Shout out to Elise. And because of Elise, I, that's how I met Amber. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to Elise. Um, she passed away in 2015, but um, Elise was my first She's the reason I am probably she's one of the reasons why I'm here today for sure. Um she gave me my first internship. Um and <laughs> the following summer she gave me my first consulting job, which helped me pay for my my apart my first apartment, my um the deposit for my first apartment and everything else. Um and then even when I lost my first temp job, she gave me another consulting gig, which helped me stay in new york for a little bit longer um thank god um because i was about to die um but shout out to elise right um i know um she's in heaven right now just proud so that's my babes all right amber were you able to find somebody um i'm like you want to you want to pick yourself sure i can pick myself (laughs) i'll put myself in bad bitch hall of fame look might as well. That's that's it. You doing the work, sis? Uh, yes, I'm. I'm putting in the work. Okay. Um, Striving to be a bad bitch every single day. Amen. You know. Okay. Um, as always, we close it with good bussy vibes, which is one quote that has inspired me or something I've seen. And this one reads: Wellness does not look like you're being perfect all the time. Once again, it reads: Wellness does not look like you're being perfect all the time. And this is by Lala Delia. Um. And yeah, I just kind of sometimes you need to hear that because I think a lot of times, especially for myself, I think I don't give myself enough grace. So I'm working on giving myself grace and realizing that wellness doesn't look like or like being in my healing journey doesn't always look like me doing everything exactly right and perfect. So, yeah. All right. So. As always, we're going to close it out. And once again, do not slide in his DMs. No, because you're going to get ignored. Like, and I'm not for that. If it's meant to be, it'll be. It's not going to happen Ooh. anytime soon. Mm. <laughs> you can slide in my DMs. My, my, my Instagram DMs. Because I'm doing better with Twitter. 
There's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> Amen. I don't know anymore. Uh, 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 maybe uh. don't. <laughs> maybe. If, maybe not right now. <laughs> what do you mean, maybe not right now? Maybe don't slide in my DMs right now. You know, oh, well, no, maybe don't slide, slide. Maybe no, no, slide in. No, don't I slide might need to slide in later, but yeah, maybe no, not no, now. Right, no, right. Don't slide in Amber's DMs right now. She fine. She good. We good. Okay, we good. You can still slide in my my Instagram DMs. My personal four four eight zero seven. Yes. Oh my God. Shout out to the personal DMs. Personal to the DMs. <laughs> Anyways, Rose Eyes here. Thank you for coming and being amazing guests and giving us so many quotables. So Um, many quotables. So many quotables. Um, Don't trust them. Don't fuck them. A word. A word. Where were you a month ago? Uh, (laughs) Maybe I didn't even. Ciao. But yes, thank you so much for being here and just sharing so much and we appreciate it. You were amazing. Yes. It was so fun. And Bussy I thank you for always for listening. Um, you know, we're coming close. We're getting closer and closer to that season finale. Mm-hmm. Um so um get ready. Um but um love y'all. Bye. Bye.